As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Episode 92, Money and Partners. Hey Chainers, welcome to another edition of Chain of Wealth. I'm your host, Dennis O'Brien. And I'm Katie Welsh. Katie, today's topic is quite an interesting one. And I think something where a lot of people have a disconnect. And that's money and partners. <laughs> Not talking about us, I'm just saying in general. Oh, the irony. <laughs> yeah, so getting into bed financially with your partner is it's such a rough thing to think about because you know you hang out you have fun and you don't really think about it and then it's like honeymoon phase yeah well and then you know once you start talking about money then you're kind of like you're a little bit at least committed and involved and and you're also looking long term yeah and it can be hard especially if you have completely different views what do you do yeah like totally with you it's a it's a very challenging topic and also you know like something else a lot of people struggle with as well is what happens if one person's got a huge amount of debt and the other person doesn't you know well i even think what if one person has a huge amount of debt and doesn't think it's a problem or doesn't tell the other person and the other person <laughs> is like that just sounds like a nightmare and i think that's why like divorce rates and yeah you know all kinds of unhappiness, it stems from money. And, it's and also it, something it that, shouldn't, it doesn't and, have to. Yeah, and it's also something that people don't talk about as well. You know, it's a very underspoken about topic. Well, and I think it's underspoken because people dread it and they know that, you know, I think a lot of people have unhealthy relationships with money, so it's a tough subject to bring up. Yeah, no, it definitely is. All right, are you ready to dive right into today's podcast yeah awesome let's do it welcome to chain of wealth here's your host dennis inspiring you to begin your journey of financial freedom so today we're diving into why you can't strong arm your partner and this is an interesting topic i think a lot of people they you know they have their ideas to what they should be doing And you can't just take that approach when you're suddenly with someone else. Yeah, it's not my way or the highway. If no, you're in it's, a, it's a team sport now. Yeah, if you're in a committed relationship and you want it to work, you have to compromise a little bit. And ultimately, there is no winner and loser. Like, no. if you don't come to a 
a conclusion, it's then not gonna work. you're both losers. Yeah, because it's not going to work. <laughs> your relationship's not going to work out. I mean, like uh, one other option is keeping your money separate and you both just lead completely different financial lives. And that can be challenging as well, you know? And I think some people have to do that to mm-hmm. stay together. They're like, you make your money, you spend it however you like. I'll make my money, I'll spend it however I like. And I have known people that do that. And if that is your situation and it works for you, that's great. I think basically when you're thinking about your money with your companion, you have to find something that works for both of you because you both have to be happy and you both have to feel like secure and safe. Right. And you have to coexist together as well. And, you know, if you're like handling a situation like that and you're running away from talking about it, what does that say for how you're going to handle fights later on? Are people just going to do their own thing and disregard the other person? You know, it's something that's It's a difficult thing to talk about, but I think it's so important to have those open communication channels. And even if you have different ideas, just get that, just get that process flowing and sort of start talking about it and, you know, and try and understand where the other person is coming from. And I think you definitely, you have to go in calm and like ready just for a talk. Once people start getting emotional and, you know, all worked up. That's when you need to take a break because you're not going to solve anything if it's like a screaming, like, blowout. That's not going to work. That's only going to make it worse. So how do you handle the spender and the saver then? Do you think that, like, (laughs) (laughs) why are you laughing, Katie? (laughs) Uh, Because we are definitely that stereotype, the spender and the saver. You, I will say, in the last few months, our relationship with money together has completely changed, I yeah. think. Uh, but you were definitely the spender and I, I was the saver, which is ironic because I was the one that had all the debt. Yeah, I mean, it, it is a little bit funny, but I was always in the whole mind frame. If, if I want something, I'm going to buy it. And if I can't afford it, I'll just make more money, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, it's a weird mindset that I had, but that was always my philosophy and sort of, getting a bit more involved into the personal finance community, you sort of realize that that shouldn't be your mindset. And unfortunately, it's something that you have to find for yourself. And unless you try and get involved, finding it is difficult. You know, like you you think that, you know, there's just your way of thinking and that's it. And no one talks about money and that's how things are. But there's actually a massive community out there that can help you and sort of shape you in terms of if, you, if you're going to be a, a spender, help you curb better they let you habits. see the light and see yeah. another way yeah and it's it, it's it's like give and get you know you have to try and give a bit and you get a bit like and i right. think in a relationship that's super important yeah and i think the, probably the best thing for us when you were a super saver our money had nothing to do with each other <laughs> And I would come over to your apartment and you would have all these new things and be like, oh, wow, this is really cool. Going over to Dennis's house is really fun because he's always buying all this new stuff. There's always something new to talk about and and to see. Yeah. And I was never doing that. And I never really thought about it long term. Right. But now looking at how that could really be a problem. You definitely if, if there is a spender and a saver in a relationship, there definitely has to be like a middle ground. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And I think that that finding that middle ground is one of the most important things you can do as a couple. But do it nicely and not arguing. So what are some things that you should mention before getting serious with money? Ooh, um, I would definitely say like 
to tell the other person your deal breakers and to be upfront if there's anything that if the role was reversed, you would want to know about that person. So, for example, when we moved in together, if you had almost $40,000 worth of student loan debt, I would have wanted to know. And in return, so then I told you. Yeah, and that's totally fair. And, you know, I, th- I think as well is that sometimes in life you have to be realistic with yourself and say, for example, you are the spender and you want a certain lifestyle, that's something you need to communicate, you know? And is that something you're willing to budge on? That's a personal decision. And you may not be willing to budge on some things. You may say, I like grabbing Starbucks in the morning. It makes me happy. I want to spend that for $6 a day or whatever it is, you know? And that's an important discussion to have. And even though like that may or may not be a deal breaker for someone. It's important to just get that open communication going so that you can be on the same page. Right. And that way you can lay out your real self in the beginning. And if you can figure it out and it works for you guys, then that's great. And then also on the flip side, not to be like a Debbie Downer, but if it doesn't work and something is a deal breaker, you find out and you can... Kind of cut your losses. Right. And some things can be red flags for you. You may say that that sort of way of spending, I don't agree with, you know, but wouldn't you rather know about that earlier on in the relationship than once you've invested a couple of years in and you realize that this person is on a completely different page and you're never going to see eye to eye? Or if somebody has a ton of credit card debt and that they don't think that their spending is a problem. Like that for me would have been a red flag. Oh yeah, no, for sure. If you had $10,000 in credit card debt, and you're still going out and you didn't see anything wrong with it. I'm only making minimum payments. Yeah, and, yeah. I, that would have been, that would have left me uncomfortable. Yeah. And I think you really have to figure out what you're willing to accept and what you're willing to compromise on. Right. I yeah. agree. Definitely makes sense. So let's talk about how you can agree on money goals. And this is something that you should do as a couple. You should sort of say, I want to try and save for X or I want to save X percent of the salary or we should maybe start budgeting together. How do you agree that? And how, well, how do you agree on that? And how do you set that process up? I think it, there's definitely like with personal finance, it's, it all is personal. What works for you? And I think that basically you need to sit down and think of long-term. What are your goals? Like, Are you trying to pay off debt? Are you trying to, you know, pay for maybe a wedding or what do you see for your life? And then how can you kind of co-merge those two lives together? Is co-merge a word? I think co-merge is a word. Co-mingle? Co-mingle is a good word. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) co-mingle. This is a money minute giving English lessons. (laughs) Yeah, no, I 100% agree. And, you know, setting goals is like one of the most important things you can do just in general. So like if you haven't, well, if you don't know the stat, like you are 800% more likely to achieve your goal if you write it down. Right. And, you know, if you were to sit, sit down with your partner and sort of say to them, you know, these are my money goals, let's write them down, let's review them. That whole process can be super powerful. And it's funny, like we talk about looking at goals and stuff. We wrote down some goals for Chain of Wealth, the actual big podcast. And back in like January, we said our goal was to have 8,000 downloads, total downloads. We're now sitting, it's currently July, the time we were recording this. And we're now at over 80,000 downloads. So it Huge. just, yeah, it's, it just goes to show like that power of reviewing your goals and coming back to them later. It's 
it's important for a number of reasons. Number one, you're accountable. Number two, it's really reassuring and it fires you up to achieve even bigger goals. Well, and really, if you're creating financial goals as a couple, it's unifying. You are working towards something together and you can both get excited and you both get to celebrate when you get there and you both get to pick, okay, what's our new goal now that we've reached our original goal? What are we going to work towards now? And it just kind of keeps a little bit of spark alive. Yeah. No, I completely agree with you. So talking about goals, another important thing is deciding whether or not to commingle incomes. This is a tough one. And this is a really tough one. Do you say this is our total household income? Do you have separate bank accounts? Do you have one combined bank account? Do you use similar credit cards? Like, and that's a, it's a difficult strategy and like there are pros and cons to either way, right? Yeah. Yeah. And like I said earlier, there is no wrong or right way to do this. It's what makes you and your partner comfortable. And there's nothing wrong if you want to have separate bank accounts and then you, you know, put money into a pot where like regular bills and things are paid for. And then you have your own money. There's nothing wrong with that. And then if you are also comfortable with combining everything, if you are married, there's nothing wrong with that. I will say though, I definitely think you should be married before you combine anything. Like if you're dating or just like engaged or something, don't combine money. But if you are married and your marriage is going well, Try it if yep. you want. We were recently interviewed on the Countdown to FI podcast and we spoke about this topic as well, you know, in terms of like co-signing and it's a massive thing. You're literally putting your name down and you're responsible for whatever the other person does. Exactly. So 100% and that's exactly why I say that. Like if you're going to be combining things, definitely wait until marriage. Yeah, no, it's, it's crucial and so important. Wow, Katie. So today we've really covered a ton of different topics. What did, what is your biggest takeaway from today? <sighs> I think it's really hard talking about money just for everybody. It, people come from different backgrounds. They're raised differently with money. They have different relationships with money. And I think it's important to remember that First and foremost, you love the person you're talking to. Yeah. So you definitely don't want to say hurtful things. You don't want to, you don't want it to turn into a huge eruption of a fight. And, you know, then there are hurt feelings. And then because later the topic is going to come back up and there are going to be those hard feelings again. And it's just going to get harder and harder. Yeah. And the last thing you want as well is for someone to feel like they're not heard and they basically feel that what they think doesn't count and that encourages hostile behavior. Like say, for example, you said to me, I can't go out and spend money if I wanted to. And that was a big deal for me. I could literally go out on a shopping spree and break the bank. Right. Exactly. And you, you just don't want that. You want to foster a loving and safe environment when you're talking about money. You don't want to put anybody up against the wall and, you know, make it a make or break thing. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, it's just money, you know, like you need to have a good relationship with your partner and realize that things do cost money and it's okay to spend money as well. You know, like a lot of people that get stuck in the personal finance niche, they <laughs> they think that they can't spend any money, you know, and that it's going to completely break their fire dreams and that they're not going to get anywhere. But realistically, you lead one life. 
You have to you be able need to, to enjoy be happy. Us. You need to have if something is really important to you and really going to add value to your life. You know, you're safe. If you save money, you can treat yourself. Yeah, hundred percent agree with you. Did you have a big takeaway? I think that was my big takeaway as well. Yeah, <laughs> you copycat. <laughs> So if you guys enjoyed today's episode, this is also available as a daily show on the Chain of Wealth Money Minutes. So you can head on over to Alexa or you can listen to it on Apple iTunes, however you want to consume it. It's basically the Thursday's episode, which is today. If you're listening to this, I'm not sure what day of the week is this. Maybe you're on the weekend. I don't know. You're living your life. Doing Probably your own thing. on a Thursday, though. <laughs> well, judging by our downloads, which seems to spike on Thursdays and Mondays, <laughs> which is, just happens to be when we release... But yeah, if you want to consume this in a daily format, definitely look for the Chain of Wealth Money Minutes and you'll be able to listen at your own pace. It's a daily show, so... It's quick. It's quick, two minutes, just quick tips. So definitely hit it up if you are interested. Catch you on the flip side. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.